Hello, and welcome to Voices in Value-Based Care, the podcast where we bring together the brightest minds in healthcare to map the industry's transformative shift from fee-for-service to value-based care. I'm Vic Bakru, a physician, serial entrepreneur, and CEO of InnoVista Health. We're dedicated to helping independent providers drive transformational change and achieve success in value-based care. Today's episode is about value-based care and how we can explore the various opportunities ahead of us as we continue to transition from fee-for-service or volume-based practice to value-based care. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Dr. Sarah Pestur of Elation Health. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, it's so great to be here with you. I'm excited to talk about these things. Likewise, we have really a great agenda ahead of us today. And so let's dig in. Tell us a little bit about your experience and history um, in both medicine more broadly and then primary care more specifically. Okay, well, um, I'm a family physician and I've been practicing primary care since, well, for probably about 28 years now. And I spent a long time in military medicine. That's where I got my start. And in that environment was um, given the fortunate opportunity uh, to take on some leadership roles and learned a lot about the broader health system in that context. And, you know, really learned how to dig in on things around, you know, practice optimization and understanding how the point of care workflow has that ripple effect uh, that you know impacts outcomes and costs of care. And then kind of wandered my way into health technology because you know, as we transitioned from a paper world to a digital world, we could no longer retrofit that paper-based world into using an EHR and other digital solutions. And so we had to figure out how to adapt. And I found myself in a leadership role of trying to really help my frontline people figure out how to make those adaptations. And um, and it really had such a profound impact as we all know in medicine on that frontline workflow. And so I got involved in sort of this EHR workflow optimization type of work, and then also got involved in the patient-centered medical home movement, um, you know, trying to really enable primary care to function in the way that we always intended it to, instead of the way that it had been reduced to as a result of the fee-for-service payment system. And, um, but I was doing that inside a fee-for-service payment system. <laughs> and so um, a lot of tension there that turned out to be a bit of hitting my head against a brick wall. So that patient-centered medical home model really taught me to think differently about primary care and about the tools that we need to really enable new kinds of work and capabilities in primary care, things like care coordination and tracking results and care planning and team collaboration. And that was sort of my foundational experience of what we now call value-based care. Um, or sometimes I refer to it as value-aligned care because value-based tends to connote the insurance-based model of this advanced primary care delivery system. Um, but there are other ways to pay for that, of course. 
And so value aligned sort of covers all of that. And so fast forward to today, I work for Alation Health and that is a primary care focused, what we call clinical first electronic health records platform. And it was basically born inside a family medicine practice, developed collaboratively with a family physician uh, for the unique needs of primary care, which uh, we know that primary care impacts patients' health and the broader health system and society, unlike any other medical discipline, and in terms of producing better outcomes and decreasing total costs of care. And so the legacy EHR systems we found were really built around billing and coding and meant to be all things to all users and really not built for the unique needs of primary care around that clinical experience of the doctor-patient relationship, which is so foundational to the success of primary care. And so Elation is built for that purpose. And, you know, when we fast forward to, you know, today, and you know, these value-based delivery models, we have a set of technology needs for primary care that legacy EHRs really have not built around and the technology industry in general has been lagging behind the innovation that's happening in primary care. So we've got this primary care eruption of innovation that's happening as a result of a shift in the payment landscape and uh, technology not keeping pace with that. And so I'm so delighted to work with Elation to you know, try to partner with those organizations and those practices that are really leaning into value-based care and understand what those point of care workflow needs are, um, what the technology solutions are that can enable that work and uh, co-develop with them because that has been our ethos from the very beginning was to co-develop with the frontline user. And so I do a lot of work with customers and with our development teams, but also um, just thought leadership in terms of being kind of a primary care evangelist and doing policy advocacy and working with other primary care leaders, writing, public speaking, things like that. Wonderful. I mean, thank you for sharing all of that, Sarah. That's an incredible background, number one, and then just phenomenal work being led right now. It's uh, beyond inspiring. I love that idea of a clinical first EHR and moreover, that it was developed inside of a family practice environment, you know, that just maps directly to the use cases and from a product design feature. I love to geek out about that stuff. So thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. Me too. <laughs> right? I know. Same. Well, so let's, you know, shift gears a little bit, you know, with all of that incredible experience, what do you see as some of the main challenges in VBC adoption today? And, and what can we do to combat those challenges? Well, like I was saying before, number one, you know, we're, we live in a digital world now. We're not going to divorce care delivery from the technology tools that right. we live in and work in every single day. And the technology, the health technology industry really has been lagging behind the innovation that's happening in the care delivery models driven by the change in the payment landscape. And so I think that that is number one. Um, you know, so we've, we've got some de novo primary care organizations that usually are investment backed and they are doing pure value-based payment, but in those, you know, independent practices that have been functioning in the legacy payment model for so long, they are trying to transition from one to another, from fee-for-service to value-based 
payment. Yeah. And that is very turbulent, it turns out. Um, trying to mix the two is really a challenge. And, you know, so you're really trying to serve two different <laughs> systems. And, you know, I think there's an old saying, when eagle chase two rabbits, both will get away. <laughs> uh, so really yeah. struggling with that transition. And, um, and we know also that just, you know, the administrative burden, stress and burnout, overwhelm in these fee-for-service practices is already so high that it's very difficult for them to come up for air enough to switch to a value-based model. And what we see happening in those early stages is that the you know, value-based payment adds more work to what they're already doing because yeah. they have to do quality reporting, because they have to do risk adjustment coding, they have to do care coordination. There's all this additional stuff that needs to be done. And that's on top of what they're already doing in fee-for-service. So there's a tipping point beyond which if they are it's saturated enough with value-based reimbursement, then they start doing well. They're paid better. They're yeah. doing the right kind of work. Um, they can decrease their patient panel sizes so that they can, you know, actually manage the a more reasonable amount of work. And uh, they are not stuck on that fee-for-service hamster wheel. But getting to that tipping point has been very, very difficult. And uh, again, you know, we're not giving them the investment that they need, you know, the, the upfront payment that they need yeah. to invest in technology, you know, more people, human resources, processes to help them be successful in those models and get over that hump. And then we're not giving them, you know, the right kind of technology to make that happen. They need 360 degree data. They need tools that are going to help them do that care coordination. They need uh, to be able to communicate with patients and enable patients, increase the health literacy of their patients. There's so many things that need to be done and that technology can enable and, yeah. um, you know, we're just, what we're doing is we're, you know, that if anything, the tech, health tech field is developing all of these niche solutions that are being tossed over the fence and they create um, a fragmented workflow. We're also fragmenting the data. You know, we're, we're squirreling data away in multiple systems. We're having to toggle between systems. It's not a seamless experience. And so, I think it's really important that we take a look at how we're approaching that and start with that frontline clinician in mind and what their workflow is going to be like and develop from there. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with, you know, all of that. And so it lends to the question, you know, how do you see artificial intelligence and digital innovation, you know, improving the primary care landscape, right? A lot of these point solutions that you mentioned, you know, is the opportunity for AI to improve the connectedness across the tooling or is it something else entirely? That's a great question. I think first and foremost, you know, getting back to this overwhelm, administrative burden, stress and burnout that we're seeing that prevents those practices from even, you know, getting off the dime, from even, you know, stepping into a value-based world. Uh, AI, unlike anything we've ever seen before, has the potential to really scoop off a huge layer of that stuff and uh, reduce that stress and burnout by removing a lot of that documentation and administrative burden. So, uh, you know, we've been talking to the field a lot about their experiences 
even without like an integrated solution that sits inside or is native to an EHR, just these partner solutions that people are using just to copy and paste, it is shaving hours and hours of work off of their week and yeah. um, allowing them to finish their notes every single day and go home on time, giving them time back to get to their in baskets so they can deal with all of the volume of work that happens between visits. And I mean, it is truly remarkable how it is changing their entire lives, not just their work experience, but their entire lives. It is salvaging physicians who otherwise are have failure to thrive in the primary care environment. So if AI didn't do anything else other than relieving that burden and creating some more work-life balance and taking away some of that stress, uh, it's a huge win. But there's so many other opportunities for AI to, you know, identify suspect conditions and review documents and data that we just don't have time and like surface the right information uh, so that we can make good clinical decisions without having to, you know, comb through things for hours by um, improving the way that we triage and respond to, you know, patient messages by helping us, you know, coordinate care. There's so many things that we can do that reduces the human labor and relieves that stress and burnout and improves the quality of care that we deliver and allows us to focus back on the patient. So I'm really excited. Uh, I think that, you know, five years from now, we're going to look back at the days when doctors used to type their own notes and say, what were we doing? We were living in the stone age. Like we were chiseling on stone tablets back then. Why were we doing that? <laughs> Yeah, maybe something like paper charting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still have tendonitis in my wrist from all the paper charting I did 20 years ago. The remnants of a time past. Wow. Sarah, this has been absolutely wonderful. You know, we heard some great perspective today, you know, at a high level. Uh, the opportunity for value-based care remains strong. We've really got to embrace new technologies, specifically in this age of artificial intelligence. How are we going to see these tools transcend the current environment? And so as we think about the opportunity ahead of us, incorporating technology into the practice environments and finding innovative ways to continue to focus on value-based care from an operational and clinical perspective, as opposed to trying to hybridize environments where you're competing between fee-for-service imperatives and value-based care opportunities is, is tough. So we've got to find a way to encourage our practices to pursue and continue to double down on VBC opportunities, especially those independent practices that really have tremendous opportunity here. Dr. Pasteur, thank you so much. Um, I, I can't tell you how much I've appreciated our discussion today, and I know our listeners value it as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. A delight us. for me as well. Let's do it again. There's so much more to unpack. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, we'll absolutely have to get back on together. Well, for those of you listening, thank you so much for joining us today on Voices in Value-Based Care. I'm Vic Bakru, CEO of Innovista Health. And until next time, when we continue to explore the future of value, stay valued. <laughs>